Hi, you're listening to Yeah, It Can't Be Good, a rewatch podcast of the sci fi original series Eureka. Let's get started. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis. Season 3, Episode 14 Ship Happens. Henry's ship returns, and Carter thinks it may be linked to the town's deadly electrical anomalies. Creators Jamie Paglia and Andrew Cosby, written by Charles Grant Craig and directed by Chris Fisher. First aired August 14th, 2009. Thanks, Doug. Sure. It never even occurred to me that the ship still existed, much less that it could find its way back. From where? Who built this thing? I did, 20 years ago. It's the Columbus, isn't it? Yeah. The Columbus? That's impossible. Yeah, the Columbus was an unmanned prototype, GD's early research into interstellar exploration. It was lost three years after launch. The project was scrapped, the facility repurposed. We went a completely different direction. Apparently so did this ship. Welcome back to Season 3, Episode 14, Ship Happens. This is Vicki. I'm here with my co-host, Doug Gramley. Hey. Last week, a spaceship landed, and it's one of ours. So this week, we discover that it's the Columbus, which everybody seems to know about. Apparently, it was famous. Henry helped to build it, but it was lost 20 years ago, and the project was scratched. Well, Henry says that the ship improvised and sent the signal to help it land. Its mission is over, so there's no reason to worry about the zombie teens anymore because Zane was worried, you know, just because it landed, does that mean that it's going to continue to take over everybody during their sleep? Right. Yeah, that was the whole thing with the previous episode. Somehow it was sending a signal to the smart asphalt. Because it couldn't land. Originally, it was supposed to send a signal when it was ready to land, and whoever was on the ground who knew what the signal was would make the proper uh, you know, arrangements. But now that nobody was understanding the signal... Apparently, ship improvised and sent a signal and had just random people build that boson cloud exciter to catch it when it landed. They also know that the mission was unmanned, but then all of a sudden, the door activates and Kim drops out. Right. And there didn't seem to be that much, like, a sense of urgency on anyone's part. You know, like, I I feel like there would have been a little bit more of a shock to have a a human drop out of the spaceship. Not just a human, but someone who, you know, everyone knew and had passed away. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they used up all their shock during the landing because they all drew guns. But then as soon as they saw it was a person, even though they didn't know it was Kim, Allison told them to hold their fire which wasn't the way Allison was dealing with this whole thing to begin with. Right. She was kind of like General Mansfield, fire first, ask questions. Yeah, she wanted it. uh, Yeah. yeah. So they check Kim, and they say her cellular structure is not human, but her DNA matches Kim exactly. So Henry thinks that the onboard computer was made of organic material, and they didn't get a better explanation until later when Kim explains Then we jump to Allison, who we find out is having a baby girl, and she asks for a favor for Carter, but we don't know here what the favor is. And apparently, it was just to return her blender, I guess. Yeah, was it? I mean, do you think it it could have been something deeper? What else would it have been? I don't know. That was just a whole weird scene. She finds out she's having a girl, and she asks for a favor. We don't hear what the favor is, and... Later, he returns her blender, so I assume it was that, or maybe it was something we just don't know about yet. Yeah. Because there certainly was nothing in this episode, I don't think, unless I missed something. No, I don't think so. 
Okay, so now Joe and Carter worked to return all the stuff that was taken to build this thing. Oh, I think that was a favor. The blender, right? No, I, oh. I think she said, I need a favor, and I think the favor was to make sure you give, get you go and kind of coordinate and get all the stuff back to everybody. Oh, maybe that was it, yeah. Oh, that's not exciting. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. No. <laughs> okay, so now they get a better explanation. They're talking about Kim, and she jumps in. And I think it's the first time she actually speaks. And she tells them that she was grown from one of Kim's skin cells. Skin cell, yeah. Yeah. And Henry explains that the ship was programmed for self-preservation. So, you know, as outlandish as this whole thing is, it kind of makes sense because the computer was frying and they needed somewhere to store the data. And it grew itself a body. And again, this is like no one seemed at all shocked by this. I know. Or... I mean, do you have a computer grew itself a body, right. a human body, you know, that's, it's human. It's, uh, there's, you know, flesh and, and they're taking blood samples from, yep. from her and everything. And I mean, this is like, you know, artificial intelligence, the back. Right. Yeah. You know, and that no one is, I don't know, no one is surprised or <laughs> shocked or anything. I know. I guess they're not surprised by anything anymore is the way it seems. Because, yeah, that is impressive, and who would have thought of that? But, I mean, this goes back to where uh, Nathan Stark built that robot, that kid. What right. was his name? Um, Rain. Yeah, artificial intelligence, whatever, yeah. and, Ca- and that Callister. was a big deal. Callister Reigns, that was his name. Yeah. And, I mean, this is this is even more impressive, because this is actual, you know, it's, it, there's a human there. It's right. It's not uh, a robot or anything like that, so. Right. And Kim says that she looks forward to working with Henry. But Henry, who's getting stomped on again, is upset, obviously. Yeah. You know, he's lost Kim like three times now, and here she is again. So anyway, back to the sheriff's office. It seems like they're mixing up everybody's stuff. There should have been some kind of better system than the system they had. Apparently, they gave Fargo's boost converter to Tom Lieber, who apparently always coveted Fargo's boost converter. (laughs) Yeah, he looked at it when he got it back, and he said, uh, this will do, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah. So he knew that it wasn't his. Yeah. Yeah, or perfect or something, but it wasn't. He didn't say, yeah, this is mine. So it wasn't a lie. So now Zane is using his organic computer to try to get some data out of the ship. Most of the data is stored in Kim, but they don't know how to get that out. Right. Joe and Carter go to see Dr. Lieber, and they smell something burning, and somehow he was electrocuted. Yeah, when he was getting the converter back or whatever that was, the booster, whatever he was getting back, Joe was having issues with the computer, and he made a comment about how he has an organic computer. Yes. And viruses don't happen. It's like immune to viruses or something. Right. So that's just foreshadowing. Yeah, that's right. So Henry's not letting himself get attached to the duplicate cam. And he's trying to avoid the whole situation, but Carter tells them that he needs his help. So Fargo apparently took his boost converter back from Dr. Lieber, but he doesn't seem to know that Lieber was dead. So I don't know if he was didn't notice it or it happened after. That kind of doesn't make sense. I think he maybe took it before. I think that was the whole thing with Carter was that they were investigating how he got fried and they thought maybe by Fargo removing oh, okay. the booster that may have caused the surge and would have electrocuted Lieber. Okay. And I think that's why they were holding Fargo and finding out when uh, Henry was doing the autopsy. Okay. 
That makes sense. Yeah. So and then they f- figured out that it wasn't it wasn't that, and Fargo was was let off the hook. But yeah. I think for a second there, he was afraid he was going to be charged with murder yeah. or manslaughter or something. He was reciting his whole future. <laughs> yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to jail, aren't I? The, the big house, the slammer, the hoosh gal. I'm going to spend the rest of my life president of the Attica Physics Club. Man up, Fargo. <laughs> so somebody gave Kim a pen, and she's writing down all of the data on the walls of her whatever containment room. But Zane says that speech and writing are the slowest methods of transferring information. And Kim yeah. says it's going to take her 2,000 years. But why wouldn't she hand her, if you're going to hand her a pen, why wouldn't she hand her some paper? Because she asked for a pen. She didn't ask for a paper, and I don't think they knew what she wanted to do. Yeah, but if she starts writing stuff down, why don't you stop her and say, hey, hold on, why don't you just write in this notebook? I don't know. It looks more dramatic having it all spread yeah, across the walls, I guess. <laughs> you know, they're trying to come up with another way to get the data out, and she asks for her original team, which would have been Henry and Kim. Right. You know, and they tell her that Kim is dead. And Henry really doesn't want much to do with it. They can't find the, a connection to Kim in Lieber's death. But then Zane gets zapped doing a neural scan on Kim. Kim was a little nervous about him doing this. Yep. And he gets zapped pretty good. And it sends him to the infirmary. And they say he's having the same problem as Lieber, although they couldn't find a connection to Kim with Lieber. Zane was in the room doing a scan, so they absolutely assume it was Kim. I think they're figuring out that it's a virus that she's causing because of the organic computer. You know, and they thought that maybe out of self-preservation that she didn't want Zane to do the test. Right, because that's what Henry said. She's programmed for self-preservation. And, of course, Joe is just ready to go shut her down. Like, I don't know where she was going or if she thought she was just going to pull some switch. Right. But she was charged out to go shut her down, and I don't know what she was going to do, but Carter talks her down. And like we said, somebody says that Kim is programmed for self-preservation, so now they have Kim thinking that she's done this without knowing. She's worried she's a threat, and she wants them to shut her down. Right. Now that they're talking about shutting her down, Carter starts to worry about Henry because Kim came up with the conclusion herself that they should terminate her to save everybody else. So Carter is starting to feel that she has feelings and understands and, you know, is not just a computer. And so he has a talk with Henry to ask him whether he thinks there might be a piece of Kim there. And Henry says it's not something he hasn't considered. I mean, you, you gotta help me out here. Is there a person in there? Is that Kim? Okay. Yes, I know. It's it's uh, an organic computer program to act like a, a human. I get it. Could there be a piece of Kim in there? Scientifically, um, impossible. But don't you think I've been asking myself that question since I saw her? But they have to try to find out what's going on, and Carter asks that Henry examines Kim which I guess he wasn't going to ask until now that, you know, they absolutely need him. Henry says, we don't have to save Kim for him for me. I guess he thought Carter was worried about terminating her because, again, he'd be killing Kim. Right. Henry goes to examine Kim, but he's very standoffish with her, and he gets upset when she keeps talking to him like, you know, we always enjoyed working together with her memories. And I don't blame him. I mean, like I said, this is the third time he's lost Kim. I don't know when they're going to give this guy a break. 
But Henry discovers a virus, and he thinks that Kim is not the source of the virus, that it may be the computer in the ship, which makes sense because Zane had his organic computer. Right. In the trying to extract uh, information from the ship. And he's the one who got zapped the most, other than, what's his name there? Lieber, who used a boost converter. I have to imagine that makes the signal stronger or something. Probably, On his organic computer. You know, that's why Zane is so sick. Joe visits Zane, blah, blah, blah. So what's all this? Treats. I brought your favorite foods. Well, all of your favorite foods. Uh, Olives stuffed with blue cheese. Awesome. (laughs) Toasted peanut butter and bacon. Uh, Egg salad. And Rocky Road ice cream. I love you, Joe. They discover the computer on the ship, but because it's organic, it's spreading. And there's quite a few organic computers in Eureka, but then they think it might spread to people. Right, which turns out that it did. And Henry determines that everyone is affected, and they have no way to fight it. Henry developed a test to see who's infected, or to what extent they're infected. They've decided that Kim had he has nothing to do with it, and she's immune to it. So she might yep. be able to help with a cure. You can kind of see Henry's attitude towards her starts to change a little yeah. bit, you know, which is a little dangerous. Exactly. So you just see that he's going to get stomped on again. Yeah. He wants Kim to work with him to help create a antidote or a cure. And Tess gives Carter some kind of shot to keep him up and running to keep the virus at bay a few hours more. Yep. So Henry and Kim find something. This part I don't understand, and if you understand it, explain it better. I understand what they're saying, but I can't explain it well. Zane's computer, his organic computer, used light. So they think that immunizing everyone through their eyes might work. So they need more power, so they collect all of the items from the Boys in Cloud Exciter. Yep, which was Carter's idea. So I don't know where the... I'm not sure how he figured that out. I don't know either. I'm, I'm, I'm confused about how they decided that the light was something that would help them because Zane's organic computer had light. I'm not entirely sure I understand... So everybody returns their items except, of course, Fargo. Fargo. Because the first time they try it, it doesn't work. And there's Fargo with his piece of equipment. I don't know what he thinks because he always does that kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like when he had the mask on so he wouldn't be cured of the spores in Maneater. Yeah, right. You know, so what does he think is going to happen? He knows that eventually the women will rip the men apart. So what does he think is going to happen? I think he's in the moment type of thinking. (laughs) And this one, you know, they know they need every piece to make it work. It doesn't work. He thinks they're not going to figure out that he kept his... I don't don't understand him. So anyway, whatever they do, the Boys in Cloud Exciter, if that's what it's called, I'm trying to remember, creates this green glow, and you could see everybody's eyes being affected by it. So apparently that's how they cure the whole town. Yep. So everybody's cured. Henry and Kim seem to be bonding. He brings her a change of clothes. And apparently she's okay to wander around GD by herself. Right. Uh, And they're going to continue to work together to get the data that's stored inside of her. And Tess and Carter go to the meteor shower. Yep, they're getting closer. Yeah, I don't really like her. I know you don't like that, do you? I don't like her. She's growing on me. Well, now, yeah, she's better than she was in the first couple episodes. I think she adds more value than Carter's sister. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, at least she plays a, a part. Yeah, Did you have any other things that you wanted to talk about, or did we miss anything? No, I think we hit on everything. 
it was weird. I watched I watched both this episode and the previous episode back to back. Yeah, which I don't normally like to do because everything kind of blurs into one episode, and I think the next episode also is a continuation. Right. So you will be back for the next one too. Just I will be back. Yes. Yeah. Just a note about all of our hosts. Skip and I have seen this series, I don't know how many times. Kim is a first-time watcher, which is good because I can't always remember what I thought the first time. It's hard to do this without spoilers Yeah, when you know what's going to happen. Right. And to have a first-time watcher is great because I don't always remember what I thought. Dud Gramley watched the series once, but it was years ago when it first went off the air. So he's almost like a first-time watcher because he doesn't remember everything. I don't remember. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Yeah, no, no, tell the truth. I don't remember anything. But he did say, and, and it's kind of true, because when he watched it, he watched it from my DVDs and he binged watched it. So you do retain less when you binge watch yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So we have one first-time watcher, one almost first-time watcher, and two people who have seen it I don't know how many times. But I just thought I'd mention who's who in our co-hosting array. All right. So if you have nothing else. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm good. Okay. We'll see you next week. All righty. Bye. Bye. Okay, DC, tell them what's next. Come back next time for Season 3, Episode 15. Show her the people. Have a nice week. Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch. Or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.